the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hallelujah, everybody. Ron Geyer, End Time Insights. Thank you, Jesus. We enjoy doing this. And we've been talking about the Word of God. Uh, We've done 10 on the Word of God, just a generic approach to the Word of God. But uh, I think I'm going to start talking about specific verses, specific passages of Scripture. And we're going to start this week talking about 1 Timothy chapter 4. And we're only going to talk about one verse. And that's the first one. And let me give you a little bit of Inside here, that Timothy, uh, this is Paul who's writing to Timothy. Timothy is like his spiritual son in the Lord. And he is currently at this point the pastor of the church at Ephesus. And concerning Ephesus, things were going really good. They got off to a great start. And then I guess they were getting to made known. They were like the largest church in um, Asia at that point. And so... All of a sudden, persecution starting, and it's throwing Timothy for a loop. And at some point, uh, Timothy is really wishing that he could quit, that he didn't have to do this. So Paul is encouraging him to stay, and he gives him warnings all the time. And, you know, we really need to read these letters. You know, me, myself, I am not a pastor. I say that all the time. Many people say I am. I don't believe I am. I am a Bible teacher who loves the people that come. And what we do is... We try to fill in the blanks, okay? Most pastors today, they don't um, talk about the hard parts of the Bible. They don't talk about the, the warnings. They don't talk about the apostasy. They don't talk about sin. Uh, they don't tell you about the problems that you face when you disobey God. They don't encourage you into holiness. I mean, there's so many things that they leave out. They don't tell you about the suffering that you're called to go through. They don't tell you that it's through much hardship that you would enter into the kingdom of God. And so we fill in those blanks, not condemning the pastors, but helping them. It's like, what was that show? Who wants to be a millionaire? Well, we're like phone a friend, pastoral assistant. And so that's what we do. And this is one of those verses that you won't hear talked in church. Let me read it. Now the spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So Paul loves Timothy. Timothy is his adopted son, and he's trying to encourage him, and he's letting him know, hey, Timothy, you've got to guard your people. You've got to warn them about what's going on. And so Paul, now he says, the Spirit speaks expressly, and this is the Holy Spirit in him, it's almost like a word of knowledge, but truth be told, this is a actual, it's a prophetic passage of Scripture. Now, the Spirit speaks expressly, and in the old days, the Holy Spirit uh, spoke through the prophets, and 
the shepherds, and now he's speaking to us through Jesus. Well, uh, Paul's an apostle, and it's the apostles and the prophets that contributed to the writing of the Bible in the early years of the church. So this is another word from the Holy Spirit of God from Paul to Timothy to us. There's lots in this, and we're going to go slow, uh, but the phrase that jumped out on me that really drew me to this verse was, now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. <clears throat> that really got my attention. You know, departing from the faith, you know, cutting to the chase, that means you're going to wind up in hell. Don't forget, it's the faith. It's not talking about throwing down your personal faith. It's the faith. It's the totality of Scripture. It is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the word of God. It says right here, some shall depart from the faith. They're going to leave that behind. Calvin says the proper terminology should really be that uh, they will revolt from the faith. And they are just turning their back on God. They are walking away from God. They are leaving God. Now, some who believe once saved, always saved, would try to tell you, well, no, 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 these people, they're not uh, possessors of Christ. They're only professors of Christ. They say that they are saved. They say that they love the Lord. They say that they are believers, but they don't profess Christ. They don't have him. They've not truly been born again. Well, I disagree. That is not what's implied here. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith. Departing from the faith, you're just not walking out of church. You are walking away from the kingdom of God. You are denying the, the truth of the word of God. You are rejecting the gospel of Christ. You cannot walk away from something that you've already been a part of. It says depart from the faith. You are revolting against what you knew. And look at this, the Holy Spirit. There's people in the kingdom of God, understand this. Both tares and good wheat are together right now in the kingdom of God. And they're in our churches. You've got real Christians, born-again, spirit-filled Christians in love with the Lord God, loving the saints, eating the word of God, preaching the word of God, living the word of God. And then you've got tares, and tares are counterfeit. The Bible talks about that Satan uh, I've got a scripture here. Where is it? That Satan actually is the one that planted the tares. It's Matthew 13, uh, 25. But while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And then Matthew thirteen thirty eight, Jesus explains to the disciples what he's saying. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. Some are saying that, no, 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 these aren't the good wheat. These aren't the children of the kingdom. These are tares. Well, I could see you trying to make a case for that, but then go back to the beginning. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, the Holy Spirit would not have a heart if the tares were walking away. That That's not important. They're supposed to walk away. But he would if... It was the children of God who were being taken out. And let me uh, explain the strength of this verse here. Now, the Spirit speaks expressly. That is very, very, very strong. You know, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Timothy, know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come. That is a strong approach by Paul to Timothy. It's almost like it carries the meaning I'm like he's turned Timothy around. He's grabbed him by the lapels and he says, Timothy, and he's shaking him. You got to know this. 
Well, this, now the Spirit as speaketh expressly, is stronger than that. The Holy Spirit would not be exercising this kind of compassion and this kind of strength in his warning to tares, because tares aren't born again. They don't belong to the kingdom of God by relationship. And so he's talking to the church. He's talking to people who have been born again, who are in the faith. And these are the ones that he's trying to warn. Without faith, one can't please God. God's people are to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And more importantly, the end goal of faith is the salvation of one's soul. If you don't have faith, you won't be saved and you will spend eternity in hell. That's the urgency in this plea. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly. It is a strong urging, a sense of almost desperation that people are going to walk away from God. As I read this verse, I'm thinking it should be in our Bibles. It should be highlighted in our Bibles. It should be surrounded by flashing lights, noisemakers, you know, and it's such an important scripture. Now the Spirit speaks expressly. This is the only time in the New Testament that phrase is used because it should be singular in its importance that we are losing people. And we are losing them. Why? Well, you read the rest of the verse, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We'll get there. Okay. But the thing that strikes me and alarms me the most about this verse, well, it actually wounds me deeply because I know what's going to happen to them is that there are actually people, brothers and sisters that we know who are leaving their faith behind and removing themselves from God's kingdom. Galatians 6.10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men especially unto them who are of the household of faith. These people are of the household of faith. We, as the church, live in a place called faith. The just shall live by faith. And Paul is warning Timothy that during the last days, the 2,000-year reign of the church on the earth, not quite a reign, because <laughs> we're suffering, we're being persecuted, we're going through hardships, testings, trials, and many of us are leaving Christ behind. Some Actually, it's not some, it better read as many. Many shall depart from the faith. Uh, Calvin says it this way, they will revolt from the faith. If you're a tear, you're not revolting from anything because you've never been a part of something. You've never been under its control. Well, these people are under the control of God. They are God's children and they are departing from the faith. This isn't supposed to be taken lightly, folks. It shouldn't be preached lightly and it definitely wasn't written lightly. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly. It's unclear whether Paul is referencing uh, the old-time prophetic voices or the New Testament prophets and the apostles who contributed to the writing of the Bible, or, as my thought is, he is actually referencing revelation knowledge being imparted to him from the Holy Spirit of God as an apostle for the purpose of identifying specific warnings to the Church of God, the pillar and the ground of truth. This is a systematic explanation that Paul does. He lays it out. He sets a discourse. It, it's, he's laying it out line upon line, precept upon precept. This is the only time in the New Testament this type of language is used expressly. Spirit speaketh expressly. That means distinctly. This is for you, my church. People who teach one can't lose their salvation falsely teach that the only ones who ever depart are not real possessors of the faith, but they're only professors. Well, then I guess God's Holy Spirit doesn't know that then. 
Right, because here the Spirit of God makes a very pointed reference to members of the household of faith in his warnings. It's like desperation in this plea. People who profess Christ but never possess Christ are the ones being referenced here, says the once saved, always saved crowd. That's nonsense, friends. If that were true, then in this verse, God's Spirit is making a plea to the professors of Christ, not the possessors of Christ. Well, that's ridiculous. Those who hang out in the kingdom of God with the good seed aren't really saved at all. The Bible calls them terrorists. They are to stay in God's kingdom until the harvest. They don't leave. They would never depart from the faith. So there's no warning to them, a faith that they never had in the first place. Folks, the Holy Spirit isn't warning them. He's warning you and me against departing from the faith. Understand, this isn't simply a written text from the heart of Paul, led by the Spirit. This is pure prophecy. This is, thus saith the Lord. It's an explicit warning by the Spirit of God said in urgent desperation that Christians would walk away from the only thing that can save them and keep them from hell, their faith in God. And it's most important that we notice the language and the strength of this warning. I told you this before. You're all familiar with 2 Timothy 3. Know this. Remember, uh, Paul is desperate to get this truth towards Timothy. Don't let it surprise you. Think it not strange, this fiery trial, which is to concern you, right? But people are going to become perilous uh, to the church. It's going to be risky times to be alive during this time. This is said in an even stronger plea. This has a strength to it, an urgency and a warning so much that the best description of Paul speaking to Timothy here is to make it analogous to someone grabbing the shirt front by his lapel. That's 2 Timothy 3. This warning is even stronger. I love it. The Spirit speaks expressly. In the Greek, it carries a weightier emphasis to the danger presented by whom? By the false teachers than the danger that the perilous times present. What he's saying is the danger presented by seducing spirits Doctrines of devils and false spirits is much danger than the danger presented you having to live during these perilous times. In addition to all the other problems besetting the church in America, this one, as presented in Scripture, is perhaps the greatest. We must begin to call out these dangers by name. Either we love folks or we love ourselves and our popularity more. Jesus named them. He called them scribes and Pharisees. And he said, whoa. You're in trouble. Paul named them, specifically Phygelus and Hermogenes. The problem is they are so prevalent, these false people, these false teachers, these false doctrines, these doctrines of demons, demons in our pulpits. Satan admitted that. He puts them in the pulpit. They are everywhere. And unfortunately, these men refuse to call each other out. And the reason is simple, because they don't love you. They don't have the spirit of God. That in the latter times, Vine talks about that aspect of Scripture, and he says it denotes seasons, for example, periods characterized by some spiritual or moral feature, as distinct from the word chronos, which marks a period as to its length. This phrase, that in the latter times, marks a period by its moral decadence. And that's where we are now today, guys. That is where we are. The danger is prevalent. Remember, in later writings, Paul describes these same times. He calls them perilous. So basically, these times of falling away, of complete moral failure and revolt against the word of God, against the gospel of God, against the king's commandments, they take place in the church age, the 2,000-year age of the church. The phrase, the actual phrase, latter times is hysterios karos, means a little later on, not far out in the future. 
That is, Paul telling Timothy, these false teachers were to rise within the church almost immediately and to continue on throughout to our day, getting worse and worse and worse as we get closer to the return of Christ. The point is well made. The church and the genuine believer have to be constantly on guard against false teaching, seducing spirits, demonic doctrines. The terrible danger of false teaching always confronts the church and the believer. And note, this is a revelation from the Spirit of God himself. It is not the idea of some preacher seeking to build a brand, looking for recognition because of his own novel idea. This is the warning of God's Holy Spirit to his church. The Spirit has spoken expressly, that is, in specific terms, in plain words, distinctly, so that there can be no question about what is being said. False teachers will arise in the latter times. That was paraphrased from the Preacher's Bible. Paul continues to prepare Timothy for the dangers that Timothy is about to face as the leader in the church at Ephesus. Some shall depart from faith. Let's look at that. Once more, the Spirit isn't warning the unsaved from departing. He is warning the saved, the church, God's people. He is warning them not to depart from the teaching of Jesus, of Paul, of Peter, and the apostles. Those who leave are now rejecting the teaching of the gospel. You know, the gospel is under all sorts of attack, assault right now. I mean, we change it, we hide it, we break it down, and we leave parts out, we alter it. We compromise it, the integrity of the gospel, so that we don't offend people. You know, Jesus said, I've come that um, you would no longer have a covering for your sin, that you no longer would have a cloak for your sin. The words that he spoke removed the cloak that covered their sin from them. People say, well, I don't want to talk about sin in my church. Well, then you don't belong in the pulpit. Get out. Okay, because Jesus says, I've got to reveal your sin to you so that you would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. He could convict you and he could turn your heart towards me. But when you leave out the sin part of the gospel, you're doing them a disservice. You're preaching the gospel of man. So then Calvin, once again, he says the phraseology is that people are revolting from the faith. Webster, revolt. It means to cause, to turn away, or to shrink with disgust or abhorrence. Something has caused these folks to revolt against God. It's resulted in them leaving the household of faith. That's why the Spirit of God is urgently, expressly giving Paul this warning. You notice I'm driving home the urgency in the sense of impending doom for those that walk away, because that's the Spirit. That's what the Spirit is trying to get across. You don't know the danger that is in following seducing spirits, listening to doctrines of devils. Paul passes this warning along to Timothy, and of course, it comes to us as well. Watch out, folks. Satan is after your faith. It would be an empty warning if he didn't then describe for us in detail where this danger is coming from, and he does. Listen, this is just one more evidence of the love of God. You know, people leave out the serious parts of the Bible that have us at risk. And once again, I just say it's because they don't love us. They don't know God. They don't know love God's love. The Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit of God. This is love that we keep his commandments. And yet when you're not obeying God, man of God, preacher, pulpit, when you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing, demonstrating the love of God to these people, you are failing God. You're not only failing God, you're failing the people that God's called you to minister to. 
But once again, this verse, a verse like this, should be taught because this is the evidence of the love of God. It comes from the Spirit of God through Paul, put in word form to make sure that we, you and me, don't get snared. If we have such a great example of warning by God, if the Holy Spirit is making this warning, if Paul and the Word are giving us this warning, why don't today's preachers tell us this also? Correct? I mean, all they do is talk about faith. They they collect our money. They, they preach pie-in-the-sky humanistic ideas. They motivate us through their, their tricky words. They sound syrupy to make the gospel appeal. They look their best. And none of that is what God is saying. Does that sound like the warning that we're reading about? That, hey, guys, false teachers are going to take your faith away. They're going to cause you to roam away. Well, why don't preachers today tell us this? It's because they are the ones that Paul is warning us away from. They're false. They're fake. Ed Young, a leading pastor of Houston here, Second Baptist Church, he says that 90% of the people we have in pulpits today are woke. They are false teachers and preachers. And I would easily agree with that. And, and we put up with it. We don't know any better. The reason we don't know any better is because we don't read the Word of God for ourselves. We're too busy. We're too busy following the pipe dreams that these false guys are telling us about. You can have it all. You can look better. You can think better. You can eat better. You can marry prettier men and women. You can go ahead and get better jobs. You can achieve the success that the world claims it offers. And it's not success that the world claims it's offering to you. It's a distraction from the true riches in life. This is where we are, giving heed to seducing spirits. Uh, I want to show you some of the other versions when uh, I looked through the Bible for that phrase to try to get some insight. Let me read the whole verse again just so that you get it. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. This is First Timothy 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith. How and why? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Let's see, another uh, rendering is fooled by evil spirits. You know, these guys stand up there, they look good, they look sharp, they speak well, they don't offend you, they drive nice cars, they've got $500, $1,000 suits and shoes on, and they look like the picture of worldly success. But if you listen to their words and compare their words to the Bible, what they're supposed to be telling they're supposed to be telling you what I just told you now. That there's danger out there if you make a commitment to Christ. Fooled by evil spirits. They sound good, but they're evil, the Bible says. Giving their mind to deceiving spirits. You are giving your thinking, your uh, mental abilities over to what they are telling you, and what they are telling you is false. You're giving heed to spirits of error. Their gospel is full of error. They are devoting themselves to deceitful spirits. That's what you're doing, guys. Many of you, many of you. Most of you go to churches where you have demons in your pulpits and they have some form of godliness, the Bible talks about, but they deny the power thereof. They're telling you things that will make you successful in the world. You're here not to become successful in the world. You are being trained to be successful in the kingdom of heaven. It's a totally different dynamic. It requires a totally different mindset. It demands a new heart. It demands a a life willing to suffer and lay down that life for the benefit of others. That is not what we're hearing from our pulpits today, guys. 
devoting themselves. They are devoted to deceitful spirits. They are following spirits that deceive. They are eager followers of teachers with devil-inspired ideas. You know, the Bible plainly says there are preachers in your pulpit with devil-inspired ideas. Satan acknowledges it in Corinthians, that Satan himself has his own people in the pulpits. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Counterfeit. They are actually parading themselves around as preachers of righteousness, when in reality they are demonic spirits on assignment from Satan, and they're in your pulpits. Eager followers of teachers with devil-inspired ideas. They are running after deceitful spirits. They follow spirits that lie. They cling on to deceitful spirits and demonic teachings, and they will listen to other spirits that fool them. Out of time. We love you. We'll pick up with this next week. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.